Welcome to the Junkyard Outreach. This is Todd, and thanks for joining me as we go through the scriptures and learn what we can to draw close to Jesus. For more episodes and information, check out junkyardoutreach.com. And now, let's dig in. Sex, part five. So we talked about some of the issues that occur that are problematic in a couple's sexual lives. Their physical intimacy. Fornication being a big one, but certainly not in every case. There's other things that can really hinder a couple's life, and the enemy is all over it. We have to understand the nature of evil is to destroy, demoralize, and to basically take out any joy that people might have, because when you can make people miserable, you can control them. And that's what's happened in many people's lives. And this is what I experienced at times in my life. I was just feeling miserable, feeling unfulfilled, feeling like the grass is always greener on the other side. And you know, like the old saying goes, if the grass is greener on the other side, it's probably because there's a big septic tank underneath it. But when we find ourselves in a place where our relationship with our spouse is not good. It's just not what we want it to be. We need to remember something. God wants our relationships to be solid. He wants them to be filled with what the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit. There in Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, those things. He wants that. That's the evidence of the Holy Spirit in us. And if you're not feeling any of those things, And you got to ask yourself, why not? What's the problem? And if you're not right with God, then you're not going to have that type of outside power coming in. That's what basically the love of God is. It's a foreign power that comes in. It's out of Romans 5.5. The love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's what we need. We need a foreign love dumped into our lives because our love is simply emotional, but God's love is power. It's a whole different thing. And that power of God in our lives. That's what drives the enemy away. That's what makes our relationships good. So for two believers that are married, God wants you to have a blessed marriage. He wants you to have a good life. And the sex part of it is something he designed to be good. But what happens when you have baggage? What happens when you have things that you've done in the past that haunt you and that you just feel terrible? Well, It's important that we understand this word sprinkled throughout the Bible. It's redeem or redemption. It's a very important word in the whole plan of God because the word, it means to be ransomed, essentially. So like if somebody kidnaps somebody and holds them, they demand a ransom before that person is set free. And until that ransom is paid, that person is at the hand of that evil person that is controlling them. But once the ransom is paid and they're released, they're free from that. And that redemption, that's the story of mankind. That's exactly what the devil did in the garden, is he kidnapped the human race by deceiving them into listening to him. And now we needed to be ransomed. We needed to have the price paid, but we can't pay it ourselves. And that's what the cross is all about. Jesus paid the price that we couldn't pay to set us free. He was the ransom payment for our freedom. Read the book of Ruth a fantastic book about redemption. It's a Cinderella story, and essentially the story of Cinderella, which most people I think are familiar with, where the the main character is oppressed by an evil stepmom, and then ultimately she is delivered by a handsome prince, and you know she's set free from that life of misery, and now she's experienced 
a life of freedom and, and peace and love and all that kind of stuff. That is Jesus. <laughs> That's the whole point of the cross, the crucifixion, the resurrection. He paid that price. So in your marriage, you got to remember the things that have happened in the past that are dragging you down. If you come to Christ, you lay that down, that ransom payment that he paid for you, covers that. You have to believe it though. You have to understand that his blood paid for this thing in my life, for this thing in my life, for this thing in my life, and for this thing in my life. So now his blood has paid for it. Why do I still feel like I'm kidnapped? It's because you're not trusting in him. You got to trust in him. You got to believe him. You got to let it go and you'll find that that deliverance comes. So specifically in sexual intimacy, God has paid for your fornication through the cross. He's paid for your abortions through the cross. He's paid for your pornography through the cross. He's paid for all that crap. It's already paid for. It's your job now to believe. It's your job to say this is paid for. The devil's going to remind you of it, just like he's communicating with Eve in the garden. He's going to continue to remind you of these things. You just say, you know what? I'm paid for. Good to go. And what that does is it allows you to be liberated and experience life the way God planned it for you. Experience sex the way God planned it for you. It's supposed to be fulfilling. It's supposed to be exciting. It's supposed to be full of love. It's supposed to be good. We're the ones that taint it, but God paid for it. He paid for that sin. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 21, it says, I will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked and redeem you from the grasp of the ruthless. There you go. In Galatians 4, 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. You now, after being redeemed, are brought into the family of God as a legitimate child of God. You've been adopted formally into his family through faith by his grace. Titus 2.14, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. You just don't get liberated, you get purified. You get cleansed. That's what Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 when he says, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified. You've been cleansed, you've been set apart, you've been set apart in the family of God now, and you've been declared innocent of all your old sin. So live like it, love like it. Treat your spouse in a way that's consistent with being free and being liberated. And you'll see the power of God come to life in your life. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You are a new creation in Christ. You've been ransomed from the devil. And all that old stuff is gone as far as God is concerned. As far as we're concerned, a lot of times we hang on to it. And that's evil. If you're hanging on to something that God has paid for so you can be free from that thing, basically what you're saying is, I want this thing. You should not want guilt and shame, but yet we still hang on to it. Why? He's paid for it because we don't believe. Look in the mirror. Are you a child of God? If you're not a child of God, then do you want to become a child of God? Do you want all this stuff? Because it works. This is one of those things that you can hear testimony after testimony of people telling you, listen, things happened to me in my life. God took care of everything and set me free. That song, Amazing Grace, that most people know, Amazing Grace, that was written by a guy who's involved in the slave trade. He was an evil human being. You ever watch the movies about the transportation of slaves from across the ocean and the things that happened? That was that guy that wrote that song. You talk about an evil human being who saw some atrocities. He says, who saved a wretch like me? Yeah, yeah, dude's a wretch. I was lost. 
but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. That's redemption. That's what God does. That's how he takes care of things. And specifically in this context, the fornication, all of that stuff that goes along with it, the poison that has infected our marriages, everything. Christ died for that, hung on that cross. And you can have freedom from that. That's how you overcome these things. It's through Christ. It's through his redemption. And you access that by just simply asking, God, is there room in your kingdom for me? Of course there is. Are you ready to rumble? Well, I think so. And then start walking with Jesus. Start praying. Start reading your Bible. You don't have to be a religious weirdo. Be yourself. You were created to be a person that honors God. Be that person. Don't be the guy that's down the road, the churchgoer. Don't try to act like him. Don't try to look like him. Or you know, Just be yourself and say, Lord, take this life of mine and create out of it the person you want to see emerge. And he will. You'd be surprised. You'd be real surprised at what God does in your life. So... So fornication, the way we deal with it, same way we deal with everything. We get washed, we get sanctified, we get justified. We're cleansed, we are set apart for his purposes, and we are declared innocent by the blood of Jesus. And when that happens, you let it go. And when someone throws it back in your face, you say, it's been taken care of. My ransom has been paid. Thank you.